righty. Good to see everyone this morning. For those of you that uh, are not familiar, uh, I did have surgery this week, and uh, the Lord's given me great recovery, but I will tell you, the medication they give you is so disorienting. Uh, I had surgery on Monday, and for the life of me, I thought it was two weeks ago that I had surgery, and then I'm trying to figure it out. Well, what did I do last Sunday to preach? I said, I, didn't I preach last Sunday? Then why is everything else going awry? And uh, so that was um, a little bit of a challenge, to say the least, about where I was at and how I was feeling, things like that. Thank you, sister. But anyway, I'd like for us to take and remember this, that uh, the Lord is always good to us no matter what. Uh, it's funny that I've had uh, all the other issues that regard the... Um, the process of not doing as well or, you know, going through the surgical recovery. And quite frankly, the only thing that I really challenge myself with is being cold. And, uh, you know, the doctor told me, he said, you're not going to jump up and get around. You're not, you've got to give yourself time to heal. And, uh, you know, that's really hard for me because I want to get right to it. And uh, I understand that there is a reason for it. Let's take our Bibles and let's go to Revelation chapter 4. We're going to look at a glimpse of glory. Now, it's very important for us to understand what this is all about when we talk about a glimpse of glory. Uh, it's interesting is that uh, the more that I study the Word of God, the more that I find that there's an importance of how the Word is issued. So let's go in and let's take a look at it. Revelation chapter 4, we're going to look at verse 1. After this I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven, and the first voice which I heard was, as it were, a trumpet telling, uh, talking with me, which said, Come up hither, and I will show thee things which must be hereafter. I want you to take particular notice at the words that it says, As it were. Okay? That's the only time in this particular chapter that you see the words, As it were. Let's look at verse 2. And immediately I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne was set in heaven, and one that sat upon the throne. And he that sat was to look upon like a jasper and a sardine stone, and there was a rainbow round about the throne, and in sight like unto an emerald. <clears throat> and round about the throne were twenty or four and twenty seats, and upon the seats I saw four and twenty elders sitting, clothed in white raiment, and they had on their heads crowns of gold. And out of the throne proceed lightnings and thunders and voices, and there were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. And before the throne there was a sea of glass like unto crystal, and in the midst of the throne and round about the throne were four beasts full of eyes before and behind. And the first beast was like unto a lion, the second beast was like a calf, the third beast as the face of a man, and the fourth beast uh, was like a flying eagle. And as the four beasts had each of them six wings about him, and they were full of eyes, um, and they were full of, uh, let me do it again, full of eyes within, and they rest not day and night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God, which was and is and is to come. And when those beasts gave glory and honor and thanks to him that sat on the throne, who lived forever and ever, the four and twenty elders fall, fall down before him that sat on the throne and worship him that liveth forever and ever, and cast their crowns before the throne, saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, 
for thou hast created all things for thy pleasure. They are and were created. Let's pray. Father, again, I want to thank you for your blessings, and I pray that you will help us to have a great understanding that we would literally, Father, take these things into hand and that they would be so instrumental to us. Help us, dear Father, to uh, learn the things that you give us. Help us, dear Father, to have a childlike spirit within us that we might be able to take the impartiality of study and that, Father, that we will accept the things that you show us in the Word of God, and that we might rejoice in you for all the good things which you alone can do. So help us now, Father. May we walk faithfully before you and guide and bless us. Give me good recall of study. And keep now. Fortune Christ, we pray. Amen. <coughs> Excuse me. So as we begin today, I want us to take a look at the thing that is very important and I've had so many people that they want to argue with me when it comes to hermeneutics. In hermeneutics, and I've had a class or two on hermeneutics, and I, I will got news for you. It's a way of study. It doesn't mean that that is the primary reason behind our study. Now, what I mean by that is that if you go back to the book of Genesis, chapter 1, it says, in the morning and the evening were the first day. After that point, any day period would be 24 hours. And I've heard so many people say, well, that could be an, an innumerable amount of time. Well, when it says the days of Abraham, that means whatever that was a set as the reality in Genesis chapter 1, that would be the set and the reality through the rest of the chapter. There are so many people that they bring their prejudice into their studies. And I want to be careful that I don't bring those kind of prejudices with me as well. The reality is, is that this is a great book that we need to understand and to see it for what it is. One of the things that hermeneutics teaches me is that words such as uh, as or like, those words represent uh, an image. doesn't mean that it was exactly like that. If you notice in this chapter, it says the word as. Let me go back and I'll show this to you as well. And uh, notice again in verse 1 of chapter 4, And after this I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven, and the first voice which I heard was as it were a trumpet. Now, why does it say as it were a trumpet? Well, this is given to us not because the trumpet is sounded yet. If that was the case, then every one of us would already be raptured up off this earth. So this is in the future of the things that are going to happen. One of the realities is, is that we are going to see the closing of one message and the opening of another. I'll give you an example. Let's go back to the Re book of Revelation. I noticed that John on the Isle of Patmos was with the Lord, and it was the Lord's day, and he was very excited. And notice what it said in verse 12 of Revelation chapter 1. And I turned to see the voice that spake with me, and be in turn, I saw seven golden candlesticks. These were visible candlesticks. This was the seven churches and the light that was going to be given to these churches to shine throughout the world. Verse 13. And in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like unto the Son of Man. Did you notice the word like? In other words, this is Jesus in his glory, but not like we have ever seen him. See, there's a, how many of you all remember, many years ago, we're old enough to remember this, there was a, uh, an English professor 
that it was said, uh, there was a cigarette commercial that says, good as a cigarette should. And when that came in, I don't remember the brand of cigarette, but then the English professor said, well, you know, truly, it should say the word like. Like a cigarette should. And so they, you saw a little bit later, they had marked out the word as, and they wrote the word like underneath it. Well, the reality is, is that the purpose of like is a direct comparison. The as is an image. Everybody get that? So image is a com image is uh, one that we can see that it's there's nothing really evident yet. Well, I'll give you an example. Later on, we're going to be looking in this, and you're going to see where it says, "And the sea became as blood." Didn't say it became as blood or didn't become blood. It said became sea as blood. So be very careful when you're studying that you're not putting something in that is not there. The reason that I make this statement is because so many people, in order to satisfy their prejudice, will turn around and they'll say, well, I want to add this, I want to add that, or I want to, I want to ignore some of the basic fundamentals of, of uh, hermeneutics. Let's go on, shall we? And notice what else it says. Uh, the candlestick, one likened to the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the foot, and girded about the paps with a golden girdle. And his head and hairs were white like wool. Once again, not wool, but white like wool. Okay? Uh, as white as snow. There's the word as. Everybody see that? Alright? And his eyes were a flame of fire. Now, again, I bring this all up to every one of us so that we can see the comparisons that are going to be there. Throughout the book of Revelation, you're going to see as and like in the appropriate places, and we've got to know what goes on with it. You see, people that want to ignore the truth that the book of Revelation is going to happen, or if they want to add their own prejudice and say it's already happened, then what they're doing is, is they're ignoring a basic fundamental. Number one, we have to understand the church and the churches are not part of Israel. Israel is Israel, the church is church. When we go back, matter of fact, let's go over to Genesis chapter 17. I'll show you one of those areas that we can see this with. In Genesis chapter 17, we find that the Lord God is visiting with Abraham. And as he visits with Abraham, he gives him some indication of what he's going to do with, you know, in this area. All right? Uh, let's see. I think it's 17 where I want to go. Uh, let me go back one. Uh, it's chapter 15. I'm sorry, chapter 15. And in chapter 15, notice what it says, beginning in verse 13. And he said unto Abraham, Know a surety that thy seed shall be a stranger in the land that is not theirs, and shall serve them, and they shall afflict them four hundred years. Once again, that's direct prophecy of the Egyptian captivity. And also, that nation whom thou shalt serve, will I judge, and afterwards they shall come with a great substance. Once again, we can read about that in the book of Exodus, how that with a high hand the Egyptians uh, released the children of Israel after they were judged. Verse 15, And thou shalt go in, thy, uh, go in, shall go to thy father in peace, and thou shalt be buried in a good old age. But in the fourth generation they shall come hither again, for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet full. 
In other words, there was still quite a bit that had to happen before uh, a lot of this began to come into place. And it came to pass that when the sun went down and it was dark, behold, a smoking furnace and a burning lamp that passed between those pieces. And in the same day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram, saying, Upon thy seed have I given this land from the river of Egypt. Matter of fact, may I point this out to you? When we talk about the Israeli captivity in Egypt, they were in the land of Goshen. You ever heard of the land of Goshen? All right, there's a place over in Cincinnati called Land of Goshen. But in the land of Goshen, it was literally on the east side of the Nile River. Very fertile, very beautiful. It was actually excellent for, for sheep, okay? And from the river Euphrates, uh, Egypt unto the great river, the river Euphrates. Do you realize the children of Israel have never had that possession? They have never owned that amount of possession. If, if God's word is true, which I believe it is, this has got to happen. It's got to occur. And so one of the things we can look at is that this is going to be the area. I remember I argued with a man one time, and he said, well, uh, let's go back in, let's take a look at all the uh, different individuals that were part of Abraham's seed. I said, you missed out. I said, just because Keturah had other children, just because you had Hagar and she had Ishmael, the promise was made to Israel, not to others of his seed. And I said, this is Israel's promise. And that's what we've got to look at. Look at verse 19. The Kenites and the Kesazites and the Kadamanites and the Hittites and the Perizzites and the Raphims and the Amorites and the Canaanites and the Gergesites and the Jebusites. In other words, you will possess their land. Now that's just one example of what I'm talking about. Now, let me show you another one. Let's go to the book of Isaiah. Let's go to the book of Isaiah and we're going to go to chapter 6. There is a reason I want you to see these Old Testament promises. Because the promises that were made in the Old Testament had to be fulfilled in other words, before prophecy can have its place. All right? So in the book of Isaiah, let me get over here, chapter 6. And let's see here. Helps if I go one more chapter over. And let's go to verse 1. And in the, in the year of, that King Uzziah died, I saw, I saw also the Lord sitting upon the throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Excuse me. Above it stood the seraphim. Each one had six wings. With twain he covered his feet, or covered his face. And with twain he covered his feet. And with twain he did fly. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. All right, hold your place here in the book of Isaiah. Let's go over to Revelation chapter 4. Revelation chapter 4. Notice again the same exact example that we're seeing, and this is where John was caught up into the glory of God to be able to see it. All right, go down to verse 6. And before the throne was a sea of glass like unto crystal. How many of us have ever thought that the train of the Lord was like a sea of glass? Meaning holiness, meaning the beauty of it, the purity of it. I mean, every last aspect of it. Notice what else it says. And round about the throne were four beasts full of eyes before and behind. And the first beast was like a lion, and the second beast like a calf, and the third beast had the face of a man, 
and the fourth beast was like a flying eagle. And the four beasts had each of them six wings. Where did we see that? Isaiah chapter 6, verses 1 through 3. And they rest not day and night, crying or saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. Is that not the same message? So, to show you the great comparison, Isaiah was caught up before the Lord. We see John caught up before the Lord. And it's the same exact image. He heard the cry of the seraphims as they were crying out, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. That should tell us immensely how much that the Lord God in his holiness truly is. I'm afraid too many times we only see him as a man upon this earth. But do you realize the Lord is high and lifted up and resurrected? There are so many people right now that they're preparing for the uh, Easter holiday. And we, one of the ways they do it is, and I know some churches down in uh, Somerset, and probably all over creation, where they'll have three crosses out on a hill. And they'll, they'll, they'll make it look like that uh, three men are being crucified. There is no way that we could ever duplicate... <laughs> Even Hollywood can never duplicate it. As much as if you've ever seen The Passion of the Christ that uh, Mel Gibson had put out, it's a good movie, you know, when it comes to the images and everything. But it still cannot put out all in to Christ. Let's put it this way. How many of us, and I thought about this today, this week as I was recovering, and I went, Lord, I had a simple surgery. I had a simple surgery. And yet, I wasn't made to carry my cross up a hill after being beaten 40 times with a, with a cat of nine tails. If you've never seen a cat of nine tails, you ought to look at it. It has bits of metal in it. It has bits of glass in it. And I mean, every time that that man, it wasn't some weakling. He would literally lay that strap. And yet, when the strap would go in, it would cause amount of pain. But when he would come back from it, it would cause even more pain. The man who played, I think his name is uh, Jim Carvassel, and you know, he had uh, done the, uh, the version of the Passion of the Christ. They had put on his back a, um, a bodysuit, if you will, so that it would bleed every time that there was a whipping on it. At one point, the, the whip went around and got him in the side, away from that body cast. And they said that when the nail went in, it was excruciating pain. The actor who was whipping had no clue that he had hit him. And when he pulled it out, he said, I almost collapsed. Do you realize that the Lord endured that pain? Wait a minute. Let me just tell you something else. He was made to lift up that cross, walk with it on his shoulders, with that wounded back, with all that blood that had spewed out of his back. He was made to carry his cross up Calvary's mountain. Not only that, but think about this. He, the Bible says over in Isaiah chapter 54 that his vestige was so marred you couldn't even tell if it was a man. Can you imagine that? Jesus had his beard plucked. The only way, reason we know that there was a beard upon our Lord was because it said the hairs of his face in the book of Isaiah, I think it's also in 54, that his beard was plucked. But do you realize that everything they could to humiliate, the bruise, the, the, the thorns that were placed upon his brow, that would have been debilitating. And yet he suffered without uttering a word. 
And when he went to the cross, he wasn't tied to the cross. He went willing. He didn't struggle while they put the nails in his hands. He died because he knew he had a purpose in death. I don't know how many of you have ever seen uh, the, the Chronicles of Narnia, but one of my favorite episodes is where Aslan, who represents Christ in that image, Aslan, oh, excuse me just for a second, Aslan was there and he died upon this great stone. Those two girls that had followed Aslan and, and was witnesses of his death started to walk away and then there was a noise and the noise they heard was victory guys let me tell you something next week I know there's a lot of people that they're going to celebrate Easter we're going to celebrate we're going to celebrate the resurrection and the victory because Jesus rose again victorious let's go back in and let's, let me show you another one let's go to the book of Isaiah or excuse me Ezekiel all right, let me get over here. Chapter 1. Ezekiel chapter 1. And I'm going to show you another passage that, that I find is so amazing to me. All right, now watch this. In Ezekiel chapter 1, we also see these images which were not shown so clearly, you know, in the book of Isaiah. But in Ezekiel chapter 1, Notice, go down to verse 9, and it said, And their wings were joined to and, uh, to one to another, and they turned not where they went. They went, everyone straight forward. In the lightness of their faces, they, had, they four had the face of a man. Once again, that's, that's Revelation chapter 4. The face of a lion. And uh, on the right side, they had, had the face of an ox. And they also had the for the face of an eagle. Once again, this shows us the images that are shown to us in the book of, of, of Ezekiel and Isaiah are the same images we see. Now, why do I want to bring this up to us? Because the door is closing on the Gentile age. Notice it didn't, I mean, this is the one thing, and I want you to just go over here and take a look at it. Romans chapter 11, and now if, I'm, if you're... Uh, not used to turning the Bible as quickly as I want to. That's fine. I'm trying to give everybody a little bit of time. But in Revelations cha or Romans chapter 11, notice again one of the things that we find there that is so important. In Revelation chapter, uh, or excuse me, I keep saying it. Romans chapter 11, verse 25, and it says, "For I would not that you should be ignorant of the mystery, lest you should be wise in your own conceits." that the blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles be come in. Revelation chapter 4 shows us the completion of the Gentile age. Now, after this point, you're still going to see Gentiles. After all, the Gentiles have been on the earth all this time. But now, where we are seeing more Gentiles saved than there are Jews, I guarantee you folks, if you go and look at it, there's so many things that are happening right now that we should wake up and pay attention. How many of you all know that Israel, Israel has more people returning back to Israel than at any time in, in history? And people are leaving without promise, 
to enter that land because they feel the strong cry of God to go there. And when they get there, they are now trying to have a living, eke out a living so that they can get everything ready and they're ready for the Lord's return. Man, that's amazing to me. Now, not everyone has the same political mindset. Not everyone has the same religious mindset. But they really want to follow after the Lord. Well, watch what else we see here. Verse 28. And so, all look at me one time. You mean every Israelite shall be saved? How many Israelites do you think are upon the earth right now? I did a Google search. Now, if, if Google is right, 17 million. Does that surprise me? As 17 million, but think about this. I, I have met many Jews that, as I've talked to them, they are not, they are not in line, or they don't even feel like that they, they have to follow the Jewish dietary laws or anything else. But when God lays it upon their heart, when, they, when God really brings it to them, and there's something special to them, and notice it says, And so all of Israel shall be saved, as it is written, There shall come out of Zion the Deliverer, and he will turn away ungodliness from Jacob. And this is my covenant unto them, which I shall take away their sin. As concerning the gospel, they are enemies for your sake. But watch this now. But as touching the election... Do you realize that the same way that we are saved is going to be the same exact ways the Jews are saved? What gets me is that I, I love uh, Brother Schneider. He's a Jewish man. And uh, he has all the Jewish garb and everything else. And I do enjoy him. I was going to look at him a little bit today and see what he had to say about the book of Revelation. But he's excited that the Lord is getting ready to make a return. And when that return occurs, it's going to be amazing. But notice again, they are beloved for the Father's sake. So again, Revelation chapter 4, everything that we see about it speaks to the, the, the church period, the Gentile period as being over. Remember this, the first church began out of Jerusalem. But as more persecution occurred, <coughs> as more persecution occurred, there became less and less Jewish influence and more and more Gentile influence. I want you to see something. It, it really is amazing. Just back up a couple of chapters, and let's go to John, Third uh, John, which is going to be chapter 1. I've always found that this was very interesting to me when it came to the, the church at Jerusalem. I believe, this is my own personal belief, that Third John was not written to a particular person, but to the church at Jerusalem. Look what it says. The elder unto the well-beloved Gaius, whom I love in the truth. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. For I rejoice greatly, and when thy brethren came and testified of the truth that is in thee, even as thou walkest in the truth, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in the truth. What children? What children? These would be the church. This would be those that are redeemed, those that are still saved, 
that are at Jerusalem. Beloved, thou dost faithfully whatsoever thou doest to the brethren and to thy strangers, which have borne witness of the charity before the church. What church? What church? Wouldn't it be amazing if this was the Jerusalem church? But watch what we see here. Whom, if thou bring forward on their journey after a godly sort, thou shalt do well, because thou, that for thy name's sake, they went forth, taking nothing of the Gentiles. We, therefore, ought to re receive such, that we might be fellow worshipers to the truth. I wrote to the church. Let's say that that's the Jerusalem church. I wrote to the Jerusalem church by diatrophies, one man, one man, one man, who loveth to have the preeminence. Boy, you want to talk about damage to a church? One person who thinks that they're all of that and a slice of bread to go with it. I'm sorry, it isn't that way. But notice, who loveth to have the preeminence among them received us not. Well, I think I know just as much as John. I don't. There are things that I have to study more and more and more. And I'm amazed at what I find with the Gospels that John was not only the Gospel that he wrote, but also these letters that he wrote as well. And so for, to have a man within the church that said, I don't care how many of us are left, we're going to do it my way. Do you know why churches close? It's called disunity. Why churches close? It doesn't matter how big a church is. But when a church no longer is unified together, whether it's in truth, whether it's in study, whether it's anything else, they're never going to walk faithfully as they should. One other place I want you to see. Let's go to Acts chapter 28. Acts chapter 28. I don't know if you've ever read this. I hope you have. <clears throat> I don't think this is the first time you hear it. Um, going down, if you will, to verse 23. And when they had, when they had appointed him a day, there came man, many to him and to his lodging, to whom he expounded and testified the kingdoms of God, the kingdom of God, persuading them concerning Jesus, both out of the law of Moses and out of the prophets, from morning till evening. And some believed the things which were spoken, and some believed not. Wow. Who were these individuals? These were Jews. Roman, Grecian Jews. And when they agreed not amongst themselves, they departed. After that, Paul had spoken one word. Well spake the Holy Ghost by Isaiah the prophet unto the fathers, saying, Go unto the people... And say, Hearing you shall hear and shall not understand, and seeing you shall see and not perceive. For the heart of this people is waxed gross, and their eyes are dull of hearing, and then and their eyes have they closed, lest they should see with their, their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, and should be uh, converted, and should heal them. But it is known, but it be it known, therefore, unto you, the salvation of God is sent unto the Gentiles, and they will hear it. That is the self-proclaimed declaration that the Apostle Paul faced over here. And now we're over in the book of Romans one more time, and we're seeing this great manifestation. 
So because of the time, we're probably not going to get too much further uh, into the series this today. But isn't it amazing? The Bible all fits together. Do you realize the book of Genesis was the creation, then we found the fall of Adam, and it went right into the book of uh, or Genesis chapter 3, where the Lord promised the Redeemer before the Lord could ever bring the, the coming of the Lord, there had to be the first coming, which was his birth. And when he came to this earth, he came as a babe. The next time the Lord comes, he comes as the king of all. He will appear in clouds of glory. Now, I don't care if you agree with me or not. That doesn't matter. If you don't agree with me, fine. I, I'm not asking you to agree with me. I have a responsibility to try to teach the truth to this church. But above all, I want you to get this. We now are going to see the closing of the time of the churches. And we're going to be seeing these, these four and twenty elders. We're going to see the throne room. We're going to see all the splendor of glory and how amazing it is. All right, thank you all for paying attention today. I ask the Lord to bless and direct. Let's be closed in a final word of prayer. Father, again, thank you for your goodness. Help us, dear Father, to be faithful unto you. Guide and watch over us in all things, and we shall rejoice in your name. Once again, Lord, we thank you that the truth of thy word is found over and over again, no matter what we do. And Lord, let it be said, with every dying breath that we might have, that we want to give praise to God for his glory. I so look forward, Lord, to your coming. And Lord, that will usher in what we are going to see in the book of Revelation. Lord, let us not, let's not make it spectacular, but let us have an understanding of what's getting ready to happen. And we shall rejoice in all the good that you bring along. So guide and keep us, Lord, we pray thee in Jesus' precious name. Amen. We're dismissed. <laughs>